0: Welcome to the Branches podcast. Branches is a community of faith, hope, and love in the South Orange County. We are a church for people who don't go to church. If you'd like to learn more about our faith or our community, visit our website at branchesoc.com. It's a privilege to be here with you again this Sunday. Some of you are wondering why in the world does this guy keep coming? I don't know. Boogie just keeps calling. No, it's We're going to have a great friendship, and he's away, I think, in El Salvador right now. And I just have the privilege of being here in his place, and uh, the privilege of sharing God's word with you. My name is Chris, my wife Cheryl, and um, we love this church, pray for this church, and are just delighted to have the privilege to be a part of it in some way, shape, or form. Why don't you turn with me real quick before we jump into what uh, I think God has for us, to Psalm 103. Just felt this even coming this morning. We get so used to worship, thinking of worship as a couple songs and and that's it, and we move on to the other things. But friends, we need to understand that the God we worship is so worthy of so much more. Psalm 103, I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation, just kind of like the way it's phrased. It says, Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise His holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things that he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. And Father, with this morning we want to worship you. We want to lift up your name, Jesus Christ. And declare that there is no other God but you. We declare, Jesus, that you are the King of kings, you are the Lord of lords, you are the Savior for all mankind. And this morning, Father, we want to pause in the midst of our busyness, in the midst of our schedules, and to remember all that you've done, to remember all that you are, that you are God, the creator of the universe. You are the God who simply spoke. And everything that is came into being. Jesus, you are the forgiveness for our sins. We can't earn it. We can't make it happen. It was given by your incredible grace, mercy and sacrifice upon the cross. Lord, thank you for setting us free from the power of sin. For taking away from us the fear and the worry of what death brings. The Lord in you, we can know that when this life ends, and it will for us all. That by your grace, we will stand before you. And you will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. into your rest. We worship you this morning. We lift up your name. And Jesus, we know that as we declare the goodness of your name, as we exalt you. That sicknesses are healed. That the power of sin is broken off, that addictions are broken, that marriages, relationships are healed in the name of Jesus Christ. And even as we lift you in this building, Lord, we think of all those walking around at the beach. We just lift up your name over them. We declare the lordship of Jesus Christ over all the people here, all the people around this community. We declare Jesus your lordship over Dana Point, over San Clemente, over San Juan Laguna. We bless the name of the Lord this morning. And Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We ask you. Prepare our hearts to receive your word. That today be a life changing time with you. Help us to see things we didn't see before. Help us to have the courage to deal with things we put aside and ignored for so long. That today be a day of transformation for us all. That when we go from this place this week, Father. In our workplaces, in our schools, in our grocery stores, in our neighborhoods. Everyone around us will be touched by you in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Oh, It is, again, a, a privilege and a pleasure to be with you. And I just want to bring us back to something. In July, I had the privilege of coming out for... A couple of weeks in a row. And originally, Boogie and I sat down in May and he asked, you know, would you be willing to come in and maybe do three weeks in a row or a series? And so I just began to pray, God, what, what is it you want for this church? What is it you want me to bring and to deposit into the life of this church? And the first Sunday I came, I felt God wanting to minister and help us to understand the bigness of our God. Too often, we have this small idea of who God is. We fit him into our schedule. We fit him into our lives. We call upon him like Santa Claus when we need something. We put him aside when we're done. But friends, that is not God. God is the creator of the universe. There is but one God, and he is the creator of all. He is the God of the Bible. And I know in our culture today, there is this battle that, well, everybody can have their God. They can't. The the sticker coexists should be ripped off and burned. Because every one of those religions are in opposition to each other. We cannot have multiple gods. There is but one. And then we have the privilege of worshiping him. We have the privilege that he saved us. That he came and grabbed us. And that he came to reach everyone else. Then the second week I came, I felt like God wanted to just help us to understand and walk in the bigness of the salvation that he's given us. Because too often we think of Jesus and what he's done for us as, well, now I'm forgiven for my sins and I'm going to heaven. And though those are two incredible, remarkable things that we should sit and just be in amazement over, that's not the fullness of our salvation. Jesus didn't save us so we could slide into heaven. He saved us so that in this life, we would be transformed into his image. So that in this earth, we would be the mouthpieces in his place to tell others about him. He saved us so that we could live this life out in the freedom, in the grace, in the joy that he died to give us. And then when we face death, we would face it without fear. Because we know that when this breath stops, we'll stand before him and spend eternity with him. Amen? Amen simply means so be it. It means you agree. And some of you know me. I'd like you to participate because it means, first of all, you're awake and also that you get it. If you don't get it, you can go, uh, no, that's fine too. I'll go over it again. And for this morning, I feel like, and I felt that God just wants to bring home to us all, especially as Branches gets ready to move into two services. Gets ready to kind of flex its wings in this community. You're not going to two services because Boogie likes butts and seats. You're going to two services because there is a calling of God upon this church. There's a reason for you to be here. And every Sunday that you come, though you fight to find parking, it's worth it. Though you battle to get a spot, it's worth it. Though there's a hassle of setting up chairs and putting up sound and lights, it's worth every moment. Because all the people you see around here who are ignoring God altogether are hearing about him because you're here. They're seeing him in you when you go from here. And your community around you is touched by him through you because this church exists. Amen? It's your church. You should be in big agreement on that one. Is it good, my baby? My wife is my, my balance to make sure I don't seem like I'm angry, make sure I smile. I'm not angry. I'm just very passionate. But, you know, for me, when God saved me, I was always passionate about everything I did. But up until God, I was passionate about the wrong things. And for me, when God saved me, I knew that it wasn't he didn't just save me so I could be religious and nice. He didn't save me so I could dress differently and talk funny and and go to church. He saved me for a reason. One of the things that always gripped me in God was the fact that there must be more than this. Because even growing up as a non-Christian, I was in churches. My mom was a musician as a non-Christian leading uh, teams of worship and singing. Because too often the church relies more on the performance rather than the presence of God. But that's a whole other sermon. But friends, we have to understand that there is so much more for every single one of us as we gather together as the body of Christ. There is so much more that he created us for, so much more that he saved us for. And God desires for every one of us to get that. And the reality is, is there is a devil who desires for every one of us not to get that. People often say, well, if the devil was in charge, then there'd be chaos and there'd be murder and there'd be all sorts of things. I don't think so. Because, you see, suffering brings us to a place where we cry out to God. I think that if the devil's in charge, things are going to be beautiful. Everyone will have everything. Everybody will go to church and sit and sing songs. And preachers will say nice things and make everybody go away feeling elated. And we'll all say, God bless you, and go off to our lives and ignore God for the rest of the time. Because you see, if the enemy can keep us docile and quiet and reserved and religious, we're of no effect. We make no difference. We might be saved, which is incredible in itself, but that's not all that God has. There is a devil that wants to keep the church quiet. There is a devil that wants to keep young people thinking that all churches is is going with my parents and being bored to death. And I'm going to run away as soon as I get old enough. But you see, the Jesus we see in the Bible led a group of young men into crazy things and told them, you might lose everything. You'll lose your life for me, but it's worth it. And friends, I want to encourage us that there is so much more. Though we live in Orange County, though we live in a beautiful place, and though right now things, for the most part, are going well, God has saved us for more than this. Let me tell you, as someone who sat in seats In churches unsaved for years, there was a big amen in me for that. Because I didn't want God to to save me from all of that to sit me in a chair. And I want to encourage you, the chair is simply the place. The Sundays like this are the place for you to be trained and equipped and poured into the things that God is doing in branches. So that when you go out, you know the plan. You know what God wants to do through the life of this church throughout the week. Amen? Well, I got about six of you that time. That's good. Turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 1. Just so you don't believe me or take me at my word, let's look at God's. I've got seven points, which is crazy for me, but I'm going to attempt to get through them. Jeremiah 1 verse 4. Jeremiah's in the Old Testament. Split your Bible in half and go to the right a little bit. We need to understand, first of all, that every single one of us was created by God. We are not God's ant farm. He didn't just speak things into being and evolution took place. God has his hand in the creation and the design of every human being who has ever walked on the face of this earth. The enemy in the world might, might try and trick us and, and make us look in the mirror and think, well, I'm not enough and I don't have enough. And I know Hollywood has done that for generations. But let me tell you, God's handiwork is in you. God took time with every single soul on this earth to knit you together with every detail, your height, your skin color, your eye color, everything about you, even the things you look in the mirror and think, I don't like that person. If you would hear the voice of God, he would say, but I made you the way that you are because no one else can do what I've called you to do. And God spoke to Jeremiah, who was a young man. And who wrestled with many of the same insecurities that most do. And in verse 4 of Jeremiah 1, it says, The word of the Lord came to me. And this is Jeremiah speaking. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, Jeremiah, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And you may say, well, he's just speaking to Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Friends, Jeremiah was just a young, scared kid that God chose to use. And if we read in Psalm 139, God again reminds us that we were fearfully and wonderfully made, knit together. And what what does that mean? Why is that so important? Because too often we are so stressed about figuring out why why we exist, why we live on this earth, that we give ourselves to things that are wasting the incredible things that God made us for. I think so often of... And it's just because it's so prevalent. But I think of teenage girls in our nation who so readily give themselves away to the next guy that comes along because he shows them attention. But friends, let me tell you, if every teenage girl and every teenage boy understood that God created them in His image, God knit them together, every detail of them, God had lovingly put into them. And God looks upon them every day and doesn't think, oh, I wish they looked like this or I wish they looked like that. He looks at them and says, that is my daughter. That is my son. Made in my image, made to change the world. Friends, we need to be captivated and captured by the love and the imagination and the creativity of God that He put in every single one of us when He made us. Amen? Why is that important? Because it's the very foundation of why we do what we do, why we become who we are and the way that we live. Jeremiah responds to God and he says, Oh, sovereign God, I don't know how to speak. I'm too young. And maybe for you, that's what you say, I'm too young. Maybe you say you're too old or too this or too that. Whatever your insecurity is, is what we put in that response to God's call. Well, let me tell you, God is not limited by the things that we think He is. He's not limited by our age. He's not limited by our lack or our abundance of resources. He's not limited by our skin color or our background. When Jesus saved us, the old died and the new came forward. It means when we stand before God. Everything that we brought, all that baggage is left there. And we stand before God forgiven, just as if we had never sinned. That creation that he made saying, God, here I am. Use me. And the Lord says to him, verse 7, don't say I'm too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Don't be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot, to tear down, to destroy, to overthrow, to build and to plant. God just spoke to a timid young man who was afraid to even be used by him because he didn't know what to say and he was afraid of people. And he said, Jeremiah, I will give you my words. Jeremiah, I am with you. And Jeremiah, I'm not sending you out to go and... Read off of a bulletin in a meeting. I am sending you out to tear down the kingdoms of the enemy and to raise up the kingdoms of God. And friends, we need to understand, not every one of us is going to be a president or a CEO, but it doesn't negate the need for us to rise up the understanding that God wants us to have, that in the sphere of influence He's given every one of us, we are called to tear down the things of darkness and to build up the things of God's kingdom. Amen? How many of you know who it is that led Billy Graham to Christ? Neither do I. But if he didn't do what God called him to do, we would not have had one of the great evangelists of our time. Don't look at what God has called you to as unimportant. Don't look at yourself in the mirror and think, well, who am I? You are God's son, God's daughter, created in his image, knit together in your mother's womb for the very purpose that he created you for. You don't know what to say. He'll give you the words you're afraid. Don't be afraid because God declares I am with you. God doesn't want to use me for big things. He wants to use you to tear down forces of darkness that will take people into hell. And he wants to use you to build up the kingdom of God that will lead people to Jesus. Amen. That was point number one. Number two. Turn with me to first Peter chapter two, verse nine. Doing all right. I know I'm intense. That's just the way God made me. But it's because every day I wake up, I look at people and I see God has given me the ability just to see so much more in them. Because when he saved me, he let me see so much more of me. You see, and I've gone over this many times, but some of you weren't here. My dad left when I was three and I was abandoned in an apartment when I was seven. So I shouldn't be here and I shouldn't have a right to stand here but I am because I was made by him I was saved by him and because he's with me. I only say that because I don't want you to feel sorry for me because God's taken those things and used them but I want some of you here who are bound up by who you are and where you came from to be set free from that. Amen. 2nd Peter, or, sorry, 1st Peter chapter 2 verse 9. As I said earlier, Jesus did not pay the price he paid so that we could go to church. Verse 9 says, but you, and he's talking about us, you are a chosen people. God didn't end up with us because he cast lots and, oh, well, I'm stuck with them. He chose us. Jesus came and died on the cross knowing what we had done, knowing what we would do, but he came anyway. We are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. A people belonging to God. Why? So that we may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Now, friends, as this church begins to step out into the two services, Boogie and the team can't do it. And our mindset when it comes to church too often is a business one. Well, let's hire some more people. Well, that's not a biblical approach to the church. Because you see, it's not a handful of priests and a whole bunch of congregants. We are the priesthood of God, every single one of us. We have been saved, redeemed, chosen, and called by God to be the priests for His kingdom. That means every single one of us has a voice. Every single one of us has a purpose. Every single one of us has a gift that this church needs in order for this church to do all that it's called to do. Amen? Now, some of you are thinking, what do I have to offer? Step out in what you see is necessary and ask God to show you on the way. But whatever you do, don't buy into the lie that this is your lot. 45 minutes a week or an hour and a half a week, this is... this is. Christianity. We have to be a people who understand you are priests. And some of you here, I don't know how old some of you are or how young some of you are, but even our kids up there, they need to understand that we are the priesthood of God. He is not held back by age. What at the school where my boys are at, I lead their chapel and had the kids come up. And one of the six-year-olds just, God got a hold of him with the scripture. And he came up and read a scripture. And God delighted in it because a six-year-old came up and led his teachers in reading the word of God. We are the only ones that limit him, friends. And God wants to free this church from the mindset of the, the group up front and the rest. We are the priesthood. You are the priesthood in this church. And let me guarantee you, as every single one of you rise up, this church will grow... Numerically, yes, but the important thing to God is you will grow in impact. You will grow in life. You will grow in new communities. You will expand the kingdom of God and see souls saved. See marriages restored. See breakthroughs take place. You want to see the schools around here change. Release our kids as priests at 11 and 12 and 13 and 8 and 7. Let them understand that God will give them the words they need. God will give them a voice in the midst of those things instead of remaining silent until they're old enough to make the wrong decisions, fall away, and eventually come back with regret. Friends, we are the priests of God, chosen by Him. Amen. Well, at this point, my wife's the only one still amening, so at least she's with me. Number three. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians 5. I don't normally like to jump around this much in Scripture, but I want to give you a grounding. And what I'm saying. Second Corinthians, chapter five, verse fourteen. Now I'm going to just jump down to verse eighteen, just for time's sake. Friends, we have been. Let me read it. All this is from God, and He's speaking about who we are—a new creation, the, the new people that He's made us to be in Jesus. All this is from God. Not us, not religion, not church, but from Him. God who reconciled us to Himself. In other words, brought us back into relationship with Him through Christ. And gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to Himself in Christ. Not counting people's sins against them. And He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore, because of this, we are Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us. And here is our appeal. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. Because God made him who had no sin. To be sin for us. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Friends. Why why, why is there more than this? Why should we step out? Because God himself has commissioned us. God himself calls us his ambassadors to the world for Jesus Christ. We see people going into other nations. They're trying to do peace talks and do these different things. And they go with the backing of all the might, all the military, all the economics of America when they go. And so when they walk into the building, they could be a nobody. But because they wear that badge of an ambassador of the United States, wherever they go, they carry all the weight of that which they represent with them. And what we need to understand, friends, is we don't get a a badge we get the presence of God upon us and He sends us as His ambassadors to the world out there. Which means everywhere we go and everyone we speak to, we don't go with our own message. We don't go with our own nice ideas. We don't go in our own authority. We go with the Word of God. We go with His authority. We go because He sent us. We go with all the backing of heaven behind us. All the power of God. The healing of God. The forgiveness of God. The love of God. The grace of God. Everything of the kingdom of heaven is behind us as we go forward in what He's called us to do. You with me? We are ambassadors of the king. And we need to begin to walk and live as that very thing. And I know many who would, if they, if they were called by the United States to be ambassador, they'd buy a new suit. If they did not have one already, they'd get all dressed up and ready. And they, if they're going to a nation, they prepare themselves. Friends, we need to be so excited that the God of heaven has chosen us to represent him out there in the streets, in the neighborhoods, in our workplaces. Because we are ambassadors for his kingdom. Four minutes left and four points. (laughs) Believe in miracles? Let's do this. Romans 1. Romans 1, verse 6. One of the things that we have to be cautious of, and there are many, Especially in our nation as we begin to become more, and I use the word very loosely, tolerant. Is that we do not allow ourselves to become embarrassed of our God and our Jesus and our salvation and our church. We need to be a people not in arrogance, but in the right sense, that are proud of the God that we serve. Are proud of the fact that he would save wretches like us for his purposes. This world tells us, well, keep it to yourself and don't talk about religion. Friends, we're not talking about religion. We're talking about Jesus. We're not talking about going to church. We're talking about the kingdom of God breaking in upon us. We're not talking about nice ideas and nice things and positive thinking. We're talking about a God who can restore broken marriages, who can heal bodies riddled with cancer. He is a God who created everything that is. And we need to be proud in the right way of this gospel that we've been given to declare and to share with everyone. Friends, the gospel of Jesus Christ is the most inclusive faith that there is, even though we're called exclusive, even though we're called intolerant. Because anyone, Jew or Gentile, great wonderful person to absolute wretch through Christ can come into salvation and spend eternity with God. Everyone, but it is their choice, not ours. And we need to be proud of the fact that he saved us. We need to be proud of the fact that he called us. We need to be proud of the fact that if people will listen to the word of God, listen to the gospel, it is the power of God that will save people's souls. We can't save people. Church can't save people. But Jesus Christ and his gospel can save anyone. The guy who led me to Christ used to be a hitman for the hell's angels. His father was Sonny, the guy who started the hell's angels. He was ready to blow his brains out because he was sick and tired of it all and God saved him. I am proud of this gospel that saved him and that saved me and that I have the privilege of sharing. And we, friends, need to rise up again, not in arrogance ever, but out of the love for God and the love for people and share this incredible gospel with faith and boldness and authority. Why is the world going the way it is going? Because we have been silent for too long or what's been heard from us has not been Jesus, it's been something else. Branches is meant to make an impact on this community, on this county, on the world around us. But we have to be a people who are not ashamed of Jesus, not ashamed to say his name, not ashamed. Little things, even praying over your food in a restaurant can change someone's life to remind them of God. We cannot be ashamed of the one who came and gave everything for those who don't deserve it. Amen. I'm just going to read these to you. As I said earlier, and it just reminds us again in 2 Peter 1 3. If you're writing it down, 2 Peter 1 3. But we need to understand that we are not inadequate to do what God has called us to do. 2 Peter 1 3 says, God has given us everything that we need for life and for godliness. Everything. So when you say, I don't have enough money, I don't have enough education, I don't have this, I don't have that, go to 2. Too many things going through my head. 2 Peter 1.3. I say, God has given me everything that I need for life and godliness. You look at your circumstances and think it disqualifies you. If God puts you where you are, you are in the midst of exactly where you need to be. And if it's a struggle, then let them see God in you in that struggle. If it's in victory, then let them see you giving God glory in the midst of that victory. But friends, don't discount The king of heaven who has given us everything we need. And one more thing in that scripture. It says as we pursue what God has called us to do. And who God has called us to be. As we make him our everything. It says we will never fall. We will never fall from God. Let me tell you that's a a, a truth that the church needs. The only time we fall is we begin to put our eyes on other things. As Peter walked on the water and watched Jesus. He walked on water. And as soon as he looked away he fell. You want to stay solid in the things of God, pursue what he made you to be, who he made you to be. Your eyes will be stuck on him and you will end up changing the world around you. Number six, Isaiah 61, you have been divinely empowered to do the things God has called you to do. It says in there, and Jesus spoke this of himself, it says, the spirit of the Sovereign, which means all-powerful, everything God. The Spirit of God is upon you because He has anointed you to preach, to share the good news of Jesus Christ, to help people exchange ashes for beauty, to help people rise up out of mourning and come to a place of comfort. God's anointing, which means His divine empowerment to do exactly what He's called you to do and to see people set free has been given us for this very purpose. Again, that's Isaiah 61. Last one here. I promise Kim it's the last one. Branches Church exists to declare Jesus to this community. Branches Church exists to impact where this building is, to impact where you live, to impact your community, to impact your schools, to impact your workplaces, to impact the nations at the end of the earth. Branches Church exists not for itself, but for the benefit of its non-members. This church is not here for you. If you're new today, it is. If you're new in your faith, it is. But if this is your church and you are a part of it, you are now here for them. And we need to understand the purpose of the church is not to gather as many people as we can And do as many programs as we can. And get as fat on the things of God as we can. The church's purpose is to equip you to reach them out there. Not because we're better than them. But because by God's grace, he has saved us. And we have to share this gospel that we're proud of with everyone we can. So that they have the chance to know Jesus Christ. We read this scripture and we're done. Romans 10, verse 9. What is our message Again, verse nine, it says, if you declare with your mouth or confess that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, not by works, but by his grace. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And as the scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. There's no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him because everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Even that person you can't stand, even that person that flips you off, even that neighbor that you haven't talked with, even that family member that you haven't talked to in years, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Verse 14. How then? Can they call on the one they've not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach or tell them unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Let the mindset that it's up to Boogie and the team to do the preaching leave this place. Their job is to equip you to go out there and tell the world about Jesus. And I just love what the scriptures say here, just how beautiful are the feet of those that bring good news. The guy who God used to lead me to Christ had scars, knife wounds on his face. He was not beautiful in the ways of physical beauty. But I remember that man and I'm grateful to God that his feet came into my life and brought the news of Jesus Christ to me. Let our lives be a rejoice for somebody else that he put us into their world, told them about Jesus so that they too could receive this great salvation that we've been given. Amen? Stand with me if you would. The team wants to come up. I just want us to respond before the team leads us in a couple more songs. Why don't you just close your eyes where you're at? I'm going to make you a little more uncomfortable. Take the hand of the person next to you. You don't need to cross the aisles, but just take the hand of the person next to you. The eyes are closed just for privacy. Two things. Firstly, if today, maybe you've been a church goer, maybe you've been a religious person, maybe you've wanted nothing to do with the church, and somehow today you're here. And God has been pulling at your heart this this thing of a God that would forgive me of all my sins, that would use me, it's just tugging away at you and your heart is pounding. If today you want to begin this journey with God, it doesn't make you just like everybody else. It makes you exactly who God created you to be. I want to give you an opportunity without embarrassing you, but to respond. If that's you, if today you want to say, God, I believe Jesus died for me and I want you to be Lord of my life. I'm just going to ask you to squeeze the hand of the person you're holding. And then in hand in hand with that person, so that I can see, because I just want to pray for you. I'm just going to ask you to lift that hand up, just to say, Lord, today, I give my life today. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God, we stand and thank you for every one of these, your sons and daughters, that today is their day coming home. Bless them, encourage them, strengthen them, surround them with those who will help them through the beginnings of this journey. And, Lord, let them never look back, but press on to the things that you've called them to be. And if, if someone squeezed your hand, not right now, but at the end of the meeting, would you just sit with them, maybe share information, pray for each other? Don't let that person do this journey alone. We're called to family. Your family member standing next to you. Welcome home. The second thing is, is there's a commissioning upon this church and you're about to enter into the two meetings. And again, don't just look at it as two meetings. This is a plan of God. And I just, we need to hear the calling of God. Just repeat this with me. Lord. Okay, it needs to be better than that. Let's have us all repeat out loud. Lord. We hear your call. Thank you for calling me. Help me to overcome my fears and failures and to trust you more. God, please use me to reach my family, my friends, my neighbors, my co-workers. God, may I bring your good news everywhere I go in Jesus' name. And Lord, right now, we just send your people, from here, better equipped to go out there. Use them this week. Let there be testimonies next week and throughout the week of those they shared the gospel with, of those that they shared Jesus with, of those that gave their lives to you in their workplaces, in the stores, in the neighborhoods, at their dining room tables. And that you may be glorified through all of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's worship him.